0: The previous Mishnah taught of a number of different cases where somebody violates a particular prohibition, but for whatever reason, the Basin are not able to punish them. Perhaps there weren't sufficient witnesses, or he repeated the same avir a number of times. And the previous Mishnah gave a couple of examples of irregular ways of giving somebody a punishment, which is not the official prescribed punishment for that act. And this Mishnah really follows on from that discussion. And the Mishnah says, a one who steals a kasva, which is one of the hollow sticks, which were part of the shulchan in the Beis HaMikdash, the big table, which had lots of loaves of bread on it and the bread was separated by sticks which were hollow, if somebody steals one of these, and the same applies to any of the utensils used in the Besamekidosh. This is just an example, because it could be it's easier to steal this than most of the utensils, but the same would apply to anybody who steals one of the Besamekidosh's items. Secondly, the one who curses Hashem chas v'shalem with a particular idolatry, a particular avid and thirdly, the Habela romis one who has relations with a non-Jewish woman, and he does so publicly, or at least he shows that he's going to have relations with her publicly, in all of these cases, the punishment is cannot in Boy. Those who are zealous, those who wish to take vengeance for Hashem, they are the ones who will strike these people. Meaning, the base in themselves will not punish somebody for this. However, somebody who is on a high enough level and close enough to Hashem, that when he sees this happening, he becomes totally enraged, and out of that rage, he wants to take vengeance from Hashem, then he can do so and kill such a person. The classic example, of course, being Pinchas. When Zimri went and had relations with a non-Jewish woman in public, he took her at least into his tent in public, Pinchas went and killed them both. And the Gemara explains that if somebody comes to Bastin asking if they should kill if they should kill somebody who they saw doing this, the answer will definitely be no. It has to be in the moment. He sees this happening and straight away he goes and kills them. And this law is learnt as a Halacha Sinai. It's a tradition which we have going back to Moshe from our Sinai. Next case: a Kohen who serves in the Beis whilst he is Tomei. The punishment for this is Misah DeShamayim. Death by the hands of Hashem, an early death where that is his atonement for his sin. And in addition to that, any Avera for which the punishment is death by the hands of Hashem, the Basthin would also give you a punishment. They would give you Malchus. They would give you lashes. It could be once they gave you lashes, that might be the atonement and you won't need to die early. But be as it may, you deserve Malchus from the Basthin. However, the Mishnah says, the other Kohenim who are there should not bring him to Basthin in order for the basin to give him Malkus, rather the young Koyanim, who aren't yet of age to do the real service in the Bisham they should take him outside of the courtyard of the Bisham and literally knock his brains out with chunks of wood. And they should kill him. That's why they bring him outside of the Bisham so that he won't die in there and make the area Tomei. And that's also why young Kanin would do it, because the young kohenim were not yet fit to serve in the beis hamikdash. So it's less of a problem if they end up becoming Tomei from having contact with this dead person once they kill him. Continues the missioner: Zorish mikdash, a non kohen who serves in the beis hamikdash. Perhaps he brought a carbon in the beis hamikdash, whatever it may be. That is certainly forbidden. And the Torah says: Vehad a non kohen who brings something in the beis hamikdash. Does a particular service which only Kleinim can do, he shall die. The question is, how will he die? Rabbi Akiva says, he's given the death penalty of strangulation by the bastin. the say, when the Possach says, you must, he will die, that is not a death given over to the din, rather be de Shomayim, it is death by the hands of Hashem, that he will die early, and that is his atonement. And Rabbi Akiva and the Chachomim, they both learn these out of Psukim. Perigud Mishnah Aleph, in the Gemara's order of the Parachim, this Perik actually appears after the next perech. So this is actually the last Perik of the Masechta. However, in our Mishnayis, this comes beforehand. And the focus of this perech is really Olam Habar. And what exactly is the definition of Olam Habar? There are really two main opinions. Either it refers to where everybody goes once they die, before the future Tchias when everybody who died, who is worthy at least, will come back to life and live in a much more spiritual world. Alternatively, Ulum Haba refers to a future time after Moshiach comes and after the period of time that people have come back to live in a more spiritual world. After that, there'll be something known as Ulum Haba, where those who merit will be in a state of ultimate closeness to Hashem, benefiting from being in his presence, and the more more unmerited in this world to serve Hashem as he should, the greater a portion he'll receive in Ulum Haba. Now, why exactly this perech is put over here in Sanhedrin, one explanation is that within the perech we're going to see that members, residents of an Irhanid Dachas, a city where the majority of residents served David Zara idolatry, and the whole city needs to be burnt down. So the mission later on says that people who were part of an Irhanid Dachas don't have a uh, portion in al so because of that, this entire peric discusses details of Eulam Habar. Be yeah, as it may, the peric begins, Kol Yisrael, very famous, famously, Every Jew has a portion, has a part in Eulam Habar in this future world. And it could actually be that another reason why this peric is put over here is to tell us that even those who were killed by Bastin, and this is really the most severe punishment which a person can receive down here, from Bastin to be killed, that is part of his atonement, as we learned much earlier on in the Maserta. And once he has received this death penalty, he too will be able to enter into Olam Habor. Shneema, as the Posuk says, and your people, they are all righteous. And your people, they will inherit the land forever. This land is referring to Olam Haba. the branch of that which I have planted. My handiwork to be glorified. And the mission is understanding the Pasuk to be alluding to Olam Haba that everybody will have a portion in Olam Haba except for the few exceptions which the mission will list. Now, the Rambam famously, on this Mishnah, says that when the Mishnah says that all of Yisrael has a Chilqinonim Habar, that is on condition that they believe in the 13 principles of faith, the 13 Ikri Muna. That's where the Rambam lists the Animamins, which include the basic fundamentals of belief in Hashem, in prophets, in Mashiach, in reward and punishment. And anybody who does believe in those 13 things, even if he has sinned, will merit a portion in an Habar. That having been said, of course, the more one served Hashem and perfected himself in this world, the greater portion he will get in Olam Haba. But now the Mishra says, The following people do not have a part in Olam Haba. Firstly, one who says that there is no source, or perhaps he even denies the existence of Treyas HaMesim from the Torah, that we will become... Everybody who dies will come back to life. And there'll be a period where everybody has come back to life and living in this more spiritual world. And Gemara explains, somebody who doesn't believe in T'chiyas Mesim, so he won't merit to T'chiyas he won't come back to life. And that is really the first part of the process leading us towards Olam Haba. At least according to the explanation, Olam Haba refers to the time after T'chiyas Mesim. Secondly, somebody who says, <laughs> Torah, in its entirety, was not given from Hashem. If somebody says that even one posuk was written by Moshe and didn't come directly from Hashem, he loses his share in Olam Haba. Rabbi and somebody who disgraces Tamidich HaChomim, or the Torah, and there are a number of things which come under this category, but somebody who does fall under this category loses his portion in Olam Haba. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Even somebody who reads outer books books of external knowledge which contradict some basic beliefs of Judaism. If he reads heretical books, he would also le- lose his And somebody who whispers over a wound of his, this is an idolatrous practice, to spit Onto the wound, and then to utter the following postulate, all of the illness which I placed in Egypt I will not place upon you, because I am Hashem your healer. And this is also a big disgrace towards Hashem, mentioning Hashem's name after one spits, just right next to the spit. And for that, says the Mishnah, one can lose his chelek in olam Habar. Rabbi Shol says, even somebody who pronounces Hashem's name according to the way that it is written with its letters Yud Vovke, if he pronounces it like that, that is also something which can put his place in Olam Habah in jeopardy. It's important to take note that even somebody who has done one of these averas to lose his chelik in Olam Habah, there is still a possibility to do real teshuva. If somebody repents fully and sincerely, then he can still gain back that portion in Olam Habah. That is the incredible gift of Tashuva. Mishnah There were three kings and four regular people who were not kings, who we find in Tanakh that they did not merit a portion in Alm Habar. They lost their part. And this idea really connects with that Rambam, which we mentioned, who writes at the beginning of this perek about the 13 fundamental beliefs which somebody needs, needs to have in order to enter olam habar And these seven people, some among them great, great people in Torah and other areas, nevertheless, because there were certain beliefs, certain fundamental things which were lacking, they did not merit olam habar So Shoshim-Lachim, the three kings, were Yeruvam, Yerovam ben Nevat, was an extremely wicked king who caused the entire Jewish people to split into two. And in order to stop those who he ruled over from going to the Beis Hamikdash, he set up two golden calves for people to go there instead to serve idolatry. So he caused the Jewish people to all sin. And so he lost his portion in Olam Habah. Achov. Achav was another very wicked king who killed many prophets. Many people who are still loyal to Hashem or And Manashe was also another very wicked king. And the Gemara learns from Pesukim that these three people, these three kings did not merit a part in Olam Haba. Rabbi Huda Huda says, Menashe does merit a portion in Olam Haba. Shalem, as the pasuk says, that once Menashe got very ill, he dove into Hashem, Hashem answered his plea, and he healed him, and Hashem returned him to Yerushalayim, to his kingdom, and it seems like Hashem forgave him. He made him ill because of all of his sins, and it seems like he listened to his prayer, and that he forgave him. So you should get the said to him, No, we can imply the exact opposite from the Posuk. The Posuk implies that Hashem returned him to his kingdom, to his kingship, but he did not return him to his portion of haba, which he had already lost. Ibrahjoitis, the four people who are not kings and who lost their portion of Um who are they? Bilom. Bilom who tried to curse the Jewish people. The Doeg Doeg was Shaul Hamelech's advisor, and Doeg brought about the death of the entire city of Noiv, which was a city of Koyanim. And because of that, he lost his Olim Habla. Achisofel Achisofel was David Hamelech's advisor, but he later on deserted David and helped a rebellion against David Ha-Melech, and he also lost his chilek in Olam Haba, and fourthly, the Gehazi. Gehazi was Elisha Hanavi's servant, and he served Elisha Hanavi, however, he violated certain averas, like despite, like uh, shaming, causing disgrace to Tawinich HaChomim, which caused him to lose his part in Olam Haba. The generation of the flood in Neuach's time, they do not have a portion in Olam but at the same time, they don't stand in judgment, meaning there'll be an ultimate judgment even after T'chir After everybody comes back to life and lives in this more spiritual world, there'll be another judgment for everybody's deeds, and those who were killed out by the flood won't stand in that judgment at all. They won't be judged then. They were totally wiped out by the flood. That was considered the atonement as well for the averus But then Hashem, as it were, started from the beginning. They will not be included in this final judgment. Shneem as the Pesach says, My spirit will not judge the man again forever. You see that there's no judgment. They won't be part of the final judgment and they won't merit to feel the spirit and presence of Hashem. They will not enter Olam Haba. Next, Dur HaFlogger, the generation of people who were dispersed and spread out across the world. That refers to the generation after Noyach. After the Mabal, where they tried to b- build Migdal Bovel, a big tower to reach Hashem, and Hashem caused them to spread across the world and start speaking different languages. So the Mishnah says, <laughs> They do not have a portion to Elam Habosh. And as the Posuk says, <laughs> Hashem spread them out, Misham <laughs> from there, <laughs> across the whole world. So the Posuk says, <laughs> That Hashem spread them out, <laughs> That's referring to what happened in this world. And the posse continues over there, and from there, Hashem spread them out. It seems to be a repetition. And that is a hint that even in Olam Haba, over there, Hashem will spread them out, as it were, and he will not allow them to enter into Olam Haba. Thirdly, Anchi Sidoim. The men of Sodom who were killed in the destruction of the city, they do not have a portion, a part. As the pasuk says, and the people of Sodom were evil and they were sinners towards very much. And the Mishnah explains this also in a different way that. Evil is also referring to the fact that they were wiped out in Olam in this world, because they were considered to be wicked in this world. And in Olam they'll also have the definition and the status of sinners. And as such, they won't merit Olam Habah. The first Mishnah said that, Your people will all be considered to be righteous and they'll enter Olam Haba. So if these people are considered to be sinners, even when it comes to Olam Haba, that means that they will not merit to have a portion in Olam Habar. That having been said, although they were wiped out in this world, just like the people of the Mabul were, nevertheless that was not their full atonement, and therefore Avol imdin they will stand in judgment in the final judgment in the future after the period of Tchiasamisim, and they will be punished and judged then as well. Rabbi Nachman says, Elu Eilu." both those who are part of the generation of the Flood, and also those who are part of the the, the residents of Sodom, they will not stand in judgment in the future. as the Pasuk says, Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, and those who sin won't stand amongst the group of tzaddikim. And the Mishnah explains that the first part of the Pozzot, therefore wicked people won't stand in judgment. That is referring to Eilu Anche Excuse me, Zidr HaMabul, this is the generation of the Flood. The Torah refers to those people as being wicked. So Roshotim refers to them, the al and sinners won't stand in a group of tzaddikim, which means that they won't be considered part of the tzaddikim who enter into Eilu Habar. That refers to Elam Sadaim, the residents of Sadaim who were called by the Torah, Chatoim, sinners. Om Uloid, the Chachom, said to Rabin Chemya, That's not how to learn the Pesuk. The pasuk is saying that they won't be able to stand amongst the group of Tzadikim. So it's true, they won't enter Elam Habar. They won't stand amongst the group of Tzadikim. but they'll stand in the group of Tzadikim, meaning they'll be judged at the end of days. And they won't enter into Elam Habar. Alright, now the next category of people, says the Mishnah, Mraglim, the 12 spies. This is actually referring to 10 of them who came and reported a bad report about Eretz Israel, and that caused all of the Jewish people to have to wait another 40 years before entering into Eretz Israel. <laughs> they do not have a portion in Eretz Habah. As the Pazak says, <laughs> the men who gave a bad word regarding Eretz Israel died in a plague in front of Hashem. What does it mean, a plague, to die in front of Hashem? What's that referring to? So the Mishnah explains, when it says that they died by the Hazer, that's referring to their physical death in this world. When it says that they died in a plague in front of Hashem, that's referring to dying and losing their share in Olem Habah, where they'll be totally close to the presence of Hashem. In Olem Habah, they also lost that. The generation of those who were in the desert, meaning the generation who listened to the report of the Habah. they do not have a portion in Olem Habah, and they won't even stand in judgment after Tichir Sameisim. As the Pasuk says, in this desert, Yitamu, they will be finished, musu, and there they will die. It could be that when it says, and there they will die, that's referring to Olam Haba again. That they'll die and that they'll lose their share in Olam Haba. The Rebbe Akiva, that is the opinion of Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Leezer, Rebbe says, That can't be, the says in Tehillim says, Regarding that generation who received the Torah and then ended up listening to the spies, Gather to me my pious ones, those who made a covenant with me. With a sacrifice, this is referring to a covenant, a bris, which was made in that generation's time, together with Hashem. And we see that the post to Tehillim still refers to them in such a praiseworthy way, and that shows that really they did end up rece- um, receiving their share in Olam Habar. And this could very much well be because of Tshuva. Of the repentance which they did, again we see the awesome power, the awesome ability which Hashem gave us to do teshuvah, to and they regained their share in Olam Habor. Adas Kiryach, the people who grouped together with Kiryach to rebel against Moshe Rabbeinu, they are not going to come up in the future ever from the ground where they were swallowed up. As the says, and the ground covered over them thats referring to Olmaze—and the Posuk adds on that they were lost utterly from the congregation, and that addition of the Posuk shows that Loim Habar, even in Olm Habar, they will not merit to enter there. Rabbi Akiva—that is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva—but once again, Rabbi and Rabbi Yehudah says about them the Posuk says Hashem memisumachayeh, Hashem puts to death and brings to life, Murid sheoil vayoal, brings people down into the grave. This is referring to those who were swallowed up, alive, by the ground, and brings them up again. So we see that Hashem will bring them up, at least for olam Habar. Now, there was quite a long period in history, during the times of the Molochim of the kings, where the Eretzitzel was split into two and there were even two kings, and one of the kings ruled over pretty much ten tribes, and they were exiled from Eretz Yisrael by Sanchirev roughly a hundred years before the first Pesach was destroyed. And today they're known as the, the Lost Tribes, and the mission says these ten tribes, Sidon, Lachzar, are not in the future going to come back. Shalemar, as the Pesach says, man and he threw them out to another land, he sent them to another land like this day. What does it mean, like, this day? The Mishnah explains. Just like this day. A day goes and it doesn't come back. Once a day has passed, that's it. This day is never coming back. So to those tribes are going and never coming back. That is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. And according to Rabbi Akiva, that generation of wicked people who were exiled by San Kerev, they won't even come back in the times of Moshiach and they won't have a Cherek and Elum Remember, Eliezer says quite the opposite, the, tran- the comparison to this day teaches that just like a day, it gets dark, and then it becomes light again in the morning. So too the ten tribes who were befallen with a darkness, that they were exiled by Sanchirev. In the future, we'll reach a point where that nighttime will become light again, and they will come back and they will merit a part in Onum Habal